For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. Again, I will be without Dequel Jackson today. But that ain't going to stop us from breaking down this upcoming Sunday's matchup against the Tennessee Titans that are, I mean, let's face it, this is a must-win scenario for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, first off, I mean, for the Titans, this is a game, if they win this game, if the Tennessee Titans sweep the Indianapolis Colts, they're going to put the Colts in too big of a hole. There's no way that Indy would be able to claw their way back in the divisional race. They would be forced to go after a wild card spot in the playoffs and, you know, starting out three and five, that's, that's a hole that's very difficult to get out of. But if they win this game, if they win, well, look at that. They're at 500 at four and four. They split with Tennessee and only one game behind them for the divisional race. At that point, it becomes an actual race and not just the Colts watching the Titans sprint off into the distance. Uh, Indy can't afford that at all. Now, going into this game, I was excited, right? Especially after we what we've seen with the Indianapolis Colts the last four weeks. They won three out of four. Key players are starting to step up. Injuries are starting to become less and less of a factor now with the Indianapolis Colts. And that's absolutely huge. Talking about the injury report, okay? Yesterday, there was one DMP, which is did not practice. And that's Bo Peet Keys, the cornerback, right? And one limited practice, which is T.Y. Hilton. We all know what's going on there. He's got that quad injury. Probably expect him to play. Guys that have had full practice. Xavier Rhodes, great to see him back, right? Braden Smith, full practice. Wow, great to see him back. Kamoko Ture, Rocky Sin. Even Jordan Wilkins is full practice. He's been out for the last couple of weeks due to a non-football illness. I am excited. This is the healthiest the Indianapolis Colts injury report has looked all year long. Now, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans where Bud Dupree, it was limited practice uh, yesterday and then on Wednesday, no practice due to a knee injury. Amani Hooker, same situation, groin injury at the defensive back position, uh, didn't practice Wednesday, limited practice uh, yesterday. Yeah, limited practice yesterday. Chris Jackson, the other defensive back, has a foot injury. Didn't practice. Limited practice. We know. We all know that their defensive backs having all kind of issues. 
uh, Julio Jones has that hamstring. Been dealing with it for a while. Hasn't practiced this week at all. Uh, Chester Rogers, we all know who Chester Rogers is. He even played a little bit in week three against the Colts. He has a groin injury, didn't practice Wednesday, limited practice yesterday. Uh, their guard, Roger Saffold, um, he has a non-injury related rest days. I don't know exactly what that specifically means, but he's rested all week. I, I don't understand that. All right. Uh, their defensive tackle Tart hasn't practiced due to a groin injury. Bobby Hart, their tackle, did have full practice uh, yesterday, limited early on in the week. Uh, A.J. Brown was a full practice yesterday as well. Um, Taylor Lewan sitting under concussion. Looks like he's coming back. He's had full practices all week. Taylor is going to be that 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 monster right there at that left tackle position for the Titans. Of course, Derrick Henry, uh, he got a rest yesterday as well. Josh Reynolds, their white, their uh, slot receiver, didn't practice due to illness. Uh, Darrington Evans, their running back, also limited. Harold Landry has a hamstring, and he's really shown up this year as well. He was limited yesterday due to a hamstring. So. That's huge news on the injury front. The Colts look a whole lot healthier than what the Titans do. And that was the flip from week three when the Colts was just absolutely devastated. And Carson Wentz was out there uh, trying to play on two peg legs. It's just not something that you traditionally see. I'm going to get into a little bit of the questions that I dropped from Twitter. I had Twitter questions drop. But first and foremost, uh, guys. I want you to know that I am supported by the Backroom Collection, and they sent me this here, which is a, I mean, they make a a lot of great, because I just realized this is an audio podcast, you can't see what I'm doing. Uh, If you're on YouTube, obviously you can, but if you're listening, absolutely not. They sent me a beautiful um, canvas a picture of DeForest Buckner, which was specially made for me. You can go check them out at thebackroomcollection.net and uh, go check out all their mini helm visors and their their, uh, uh, canvas paintings and pictures and stuff of that nature. Some of them signed. They just made a whole bunch of new ones just for Colts fans. And specifically made, like I said, that DeForest Buckner one that you see is available to you as well. If you go there and pick up anything, don't forget to use my discount code CL10. Uh, That would be a huge benefit to you and myself. So thanks so much. Now, going on into this, the Indianapolis Colts have been absolutely on fire offensively and defensively in some aspects, okay? For one, obviously, Jonathan Taylor's the number two running back in the NFL, right? Yardage-wise. He is also, yards per carry-wise, leads the NFL for any running back with over 90 carries at five and a half yards a carry. Wow. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. out there mossing everyone. 
everyone, right? Looking like he's that number one target that Carson Wentz has needed all year, which is absolutely funny considering, you know, when he was first traded, you know, the, the, the questions came around because Carson Wentz was like, Hey man, can can I have that number 11? And Wentz or, uh, Pittman was like, Nope. And then Wentz was like, that's all right. I, I, I like number two anyhow. And then media made that into this huge thing. And they were like, well, that's, that's going to put a, you know, a slash between Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman. And that has absolutely not been the case as Pittman now has become easily Carson Wentz's favorite target on this team. Speaking of Carson Wentz, ever since that week three game, Against the Titans, he has played phenomenal football. Phenomenal. The last four weeks, he is number one in the NFL in passer rating. Really? He also is the number one quarterback in the NFL in touchdown to interception ratio. Holy cow. He leads so much in that aspect. And I think he's second in the NFL and passes over 40 yards. So it's not like he's just taking, you know, dump offs all the time. He's hitting downfield too. So Carson Wentz came to Indianapolis and is just showing out. So we've got three studs. We have the Colts seem to have their three headed monster. Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz, and Michael Pittman Jr. going up against that same situation, you know, because Titans fans feel like they have their three-headed monster and Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and A.J. Brown. Julio Jones hasn't been as big a factor as what a lot of people were thinking he was going to be due to the fact that he can't stay on the field and can't stay healthy. Now the question is, how is this, how is this game going to unfold? Well, I'm going to get to that right after I talk about these Twitter questions because I made a tweet earlier this week and I said with the Colts hosting the Titans this week, if there's any questions for DeQuell and I for this game on this stream. Now, since DeQuell's not here, I'm going to have to answer these by myself, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, um, Richard Evans asks, do we lessen the effect? How do we lessen the effectiveness of misdirection plays, but still remain aggressive and fast to the ball? That is an awesome question. And simply put, they just can't over-pursue. That's the problem. The Indianapolis Colts play a lot of zone where all 11 men are looking back at the ball, right? Keeping an eye on the ball all the time. And on play-action plays, you t- when you're really, really fast, everybody goes to the ball. They're, they are, you know, coached that way. Go straight to the ball. But you have to know where your assignment is. you got to know where your gap is as a defensive player and not over-pursue that, right? So that is the thing. They have to stay within their selves at this point and not over-pursue. I I absolutely think they can do that. Um, That's just, you know, honestly, that's just them working on simple things. And I think they can absolutely do it. 
Um, Ivan Burton says the Colts have been gashed by quarterbacks who were mobile and can extend plays. Uh, with the pass rush situation, not the best. What should the game plan be this Sunday? That's a great question as well. Uh, it's not necessarily that they're gashed by mobile quarterbacks and getting yards down the field. It's the fact, and I get what you're saying. They're able to get out of the pocket, run around uh, by themselves some time in order to find an open receiver downfield. And that has everything to do with containment, right? We're getting pressure on the quarterback, but we're not containing him in the pocket. So he's able to escape the pocket. The problem now is down on the defensive ends. The defensive ends have to play contain, all right? Even if they're going after the quarterback, they can't go out of, again, their assignments, you know. Um, don't leave an open spot for that quarterback to just squeak out. Always have your head up looking at the quarterback and don't, don't over-pursue. That's, that's how you do that. That's the only way you really can do that especially against really good mobile quarterbacks. And quite frankly, Ryan Tannehill is among those. And we'll get back to that part in a little bit. Um, there was a bunch of questions by multiple people like Jenny Chapman. And let me keep rolling down here. Parker Ellenberg and others uh, asking with Julian Blackman out, do the Colts make a move for a safety, you know, and they may, they may, I, I don't know of too many that are right now on the free agency market. Could the Indianapolis Colts use their trade block guys like Marlon Mack or possibly from what I'm understanding guys like Kamoko Ture, who are also on the trade block. Could they use those? for, you know, trade value to go between, you know, another team and get somebody, that's probably the best bet. Uh, earlier in the season, we were more worried about maybe using, you know, Marlon Mack as a trade possibly to get uh, a defense, uh, a cornerback, or maybe uh, a right tackle or left tackle. Right now, a solid safety seems like the better bet, in my opinion. So that's great questions by those guys. Appreciate that. Um, Ray Route says, uh, is this a defensive game or is this a game where the Colts have to uh, match the Titans point for point? And that's interesting as well. But the Indianapolis Colts lead the league in turnovers. They have 16 turnovers currently going into this week 16 they're on pace for 39 turnovers they had three yeah that's right you heard me right Darius Leonard earlier in the year was like our goal is 40 turnovers they're on pace for 39 <laughs> they had three in week three against the Titans last time and somehow lost that can't happen again so getting turnovers and giving the Colts offense, who has been playing incredibly well, more opportunities to score will help a lot. Obviously, uh, you know, it's the team with the most points on the board. Obviously. 
So scoring is, you know, without question, a very, very important part of the game. But we need to get those turnovers, and we have to limit Derrick Henry because, let's face it, we don't want Derrick Henry to take over a game because he absolutely can. Absolutely can. Um, Colts Network asks, what do the Colts need to do to get the court, get to the quarterback and force turnovers? Well, the fact that the Indianapolis Colts are getting their starters back on the defensive line is going to help a ton. All right, we're getting Quiddy Pay back. We're getting Kamoko Ture back. Ture will be a huge part of this game if he can play, and it looks like he probably will be able to. That's going to help. Uh, another thing is Eberflus has been doing a very good job as of late, dialing up some exotic blitzes, you know. And with Ryan Tannehill, you absolutely can get to him with those. Because in run blocking, the Titans are very, very good, but they haven't been nearly as good against the blitz um, when it comes to pass blocking. So I, I honestly believe that Using some exotic blitzes here. Don't come at him all the time, but continue to do some of those things that confuse offensive linemen. We've seen it the past few weeks a ton where Matt Eberflus will have all the front seven lined up on the defensive line, you know, and make the offensive linemen pick and choose who they're, who they're going to uh, block. And sometimes guys get free that way. Even though they're not technically blitzing, sometimes they don't even blitz out of that package. I've seen them run into that package, show that, and then only rush with three guys, and someone would get free. So I want to see more of that as it comes on. Um, when Smith comes back healthy, and this is a question by Jeff Davis, is there a point where Fisher is pulled? He's been on the struggle bus for several weeks would love to get some consistent protection on that side. Nelson and tight ends can only lend so much help in all honesty. I actually like where Fisher is. Um, when Smith comes back healthy, I don't even know where, you know, cause Smith didn't look all that great week one. You got to remember Eric Fisher was thrown from the frying pan into the fire week two, straight out of his injury with no practice and no, no, you know, he ha he didn't have Quentin Nelson sometimes for most of the time because of his rolled ankle, you know, beside him. And he's still a mauler in the run game. Absolute mauler in the run game, Eric Fisher has been. And in the past game, Yes, he's been he's been beat a couple times on speed rushes out the edge. But you know what? If he's beat two or three times, that's not as bad as what it sounds. It, I mean, it's not as bad as, say, what Tebby or Davenport was looking like or Holden or LaRaven Clark, for that matter, last year, right? Um, honestly, I think Eric Fisher will round out better. Uh, as the season gets goes along and and starts to uh, acclimate himself back in, he, he's been getting better and better as the weeks go. I don't think there's much of a problem here. But now that that's out of the way, those are my questions from Twitter. Thank you all for bringing those up because I really appreciate that. 
Um, my predictions for the game, could this be a Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry show? Absolutely. And a lot of people are portraying it to be that way. I don't think it's going to go that way, though. I think there's more of a chance Jonathan Taylor breaks 100 yards rushing in this game than uh, Derrick Henry. And people are going to look at me and go, are you nuts? Derrick Henry's got X amount of yards this game. But he's only getting like four and a half yards of carry, okay? And the Indianapolis Colts generally don't give up that much rushing yardage uh, per carry. Right now, I think they're at 4.2 as a defense, total defense. Um, and they were missing quite a few people in that game week three. I'm more scared of this becoming an aerial game, all right? Not that I'm, I don't think the Colts can, can perform well. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a day, okay? I think Carson Wentz, my bold prediction, and there is that right there, which was a question uh, that was brought up earlier in the questions when I asked about these, and that was by Jonathan Thurman, said, what is your bold prediction for this game? I think Carson Wentz throws for 200 and 75 plus yards and three touchdowns in this game. I honestly do. Uh, yes, the Titans were able to hold back the passing game uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, but that Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is not the Indianapolis Colts offensive line. And the only Indianapolis Colts offensive line has just gotten better and better and better. Okay. And I think that Carson Wentz will have time to be able to throw the ball. I get it, you know. Uh, the Titans fans out there is talking about how, you know, they got pass rushers. Well, yeah, every team has pass rushers. It's how the offense adjusts to that. All right. And the Colts have phenomenal blockers, not just on the offensive line, but at running back, at tight end, and even wide receiver. Everybody on this team can block can pass block or run block. So I'm not necessarily that scared about it. The only way I see that there's going to be a lot of hits on Carson Wentz and maybe sacks is if there are plays and you know what's going to happen where uh, Carson Wentz is looking downfield for the deep shot and he takes a hit waiting for that to open up. All right, which happens quite a bit. Uh, it, it's just part of that play action pass that Frank Reich and Carson Wentz has been utilizing this year. And Carson's very good at it and he's not afraid to take that hit. And a lot of people have talked about, well, that's why Carson Wentz gets hurt all the time. He holds the ball too long. Well, if that's the play that's been developed and called, then you got to do it. But I think, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a heck of a game this game because of the injuries and, you know, the lack of depth that the Titans have. Um, I, I honestly, my game prediction for this game, I think the Indianapolis Colts win and win handily. I really do. I think it'll be a close game early, um, maybe like 10 to 7 or 10 to 6 uh, in the first quarter, halftime. We're looking at maybe 17, 13, maybe 
Colts leading, and then in the third quarter, they start to pull away, and they have to go away from the run game from Derrick Henry. If we could pull away and get a 10-point-plus lead in the fourth quarter, that's going to help the Indianapolis Colts. If it is a tight one-score game in the fourth quarter, I don't like the Colts' chances. I really don't because of the simple fact that Derrick Henry is a bruiser and he's going to wear this team down. We've seen it, you know, in the past, why we lost certain games like Baltimore game. They were dead. That front seven was absolutely dead tired. Yes, we had injuries in the secondary, but that that front seven was just dead tired from running around uh, trying to hold back Lamar Jackson the entire game. They did a good job at it. You know, held them to the uh, the only team in Lamar Jackson era to hold the Ravens to below 100 yards rushing. But it took its toll and it made the Indianapolis Colts end up losing because their defense is tired. We can't let that happen. The offense has to help this defense out, not only by holding the ball and making long drives and not scoring like two-minute, two-minute, two-minute touchdown, touchdown. Now, I mean, obviously – if they're scoring a touchdown every time they touch the ball, the Colts are going to win. I don't expect that to happen, but I'm just saying, uh, longer drives given the the longer drives of time of possession, giving our defense time to rest and get a breather is going to be paramount. And then if we have a lead, they're going to have to pass the ball more often than run it, which is also going to help our defense out a ton. So the Colts need to get out to an early lead and hold that early lead and not go into the stupid, um, you know, oh my goodness, prevent defenses. The Indianapolis, Matt Eberflus goes prevent defense when he gets a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. You can't do that, okay? Stop doing that, please. Play the way it that got you to where you're at. All the way until the finish. You don't want to give it. I understand you're trying to eat the clock and all that. And you're playing. But that's playing not to lose. Not playing to win. Okay. I want you to play to win. That would be a huge favor to me and many other Colts fans out there. Guys, that's, that's what I got. That's that's what how I feel about this upcoming game. My final score prediction for this game is Colts, hmm, 33, Titans 24. Thanks again for watching this episode of Believe in Colts. Please don't forget to smash that like button, hit subscribe, do not subscribe, tag that notification bell so that you are notified next time we go live on YouTube. And don't forget to check out the audio podcast wherever you listen to your podcast including the Believe Podcast Network. Very easy and simple to go check that out. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen, and on behalf of Dequell Jackson, go Colts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.